I hope you're all enjoying the beginning of a summer. And we're all going into shock, actually, over here. Because when the sun first hits you, it's like a shock. Like, well, what is this strange phenomena? The sunlight thing with warmth and heat in it and all that kind of stuff. Because six months of the year now is a, a long winter. And you kind of forget what it's like to have that heat hit your skin from the thing called the sun. Even though the IPCC, those in charge of our climate control policies and so on, they don't believe the sun's got anything to do with global warming. These are the times in which we live. Where up is down and down is up and left is right, etc. And I'm not kidding about that either. There's never been a time of such mind... Uh, I, could, I could use certain terms for it, but, but mind uh, screwing, screwing with your mind than we have today. Where absurdities are taught as, with straight faces as fact by supposed experts on how we should behave and, and why we should think and what we should do. Uh, it's, it's amazing, isn't it, to go, to go through these times and listen to these absurdities. Mind control is truly, truly on, a, on the warpath now against people who think in any kind of logical fashion at all. But before I get into tonight's talk, and tonight's talk won't be so easy because there really is not much real news out there anymore. We're not given news. We're given occasional uh, fallout from things, from events, you might say. And, but we're not, we're not even given the real reasons for the, the events in the first place anymore. It's always lies. And I mean straight out lies. We're walking tightropes today. Absolute tightropes. As far as any truth goes. Because truth is not welcomed. When you have big, big agendas at work. And they're written in stone, basically. They're chiseled in stone. If you, if you speak out against any of the agenda, even when it's obvious that things are not working... Uh, they'll come down at you with, with almost lethal force. And I really mean that. That's where it's coming down to in this system. And uh, it's, it's like democracy, as I said thousands of years ago in, in Greece by Plato and others. And uh, they, they actually said that democracy always ends up with tyranny, totalitarian tyranny. And that's where it's, it's going today. You can see it everywhere. Especially when it's been pushed. by. Don't think that things are developing separately. Everything you're hearing about today, from gender equalities, all these different things and, and multiple variations of this and that and the other, this is all part of it too. It's all connected. Everything's connected. And the big, big, as I say, written stone thing with, with no more nations, no more borders, mass migrations, all these things, these are all part of the same thing that we're seeing today. It's all from one source, basically. It's, it's a total warfare, and I mean complete total warfare strategy, all of it. And, and again, followers in all camps are getting used. That's a strategy that's always been used by the, the successful manipulators at the top. They understand human nature so well. Every nation, every people, and, and subdivisions within the peoples, and all the subcategories of peoples, if they want to go into them, and, they, and people do, they choose to go into them. They have buttons that can be pushed so easily to get them riled up and ready to go in the war path with each other, generally. They're seeing it all over the place now. And it's been pushed from the top down, not from the bottom up. All major changes are always from the top down. You have governments across Europe there who've planned this, well, they've been complicit in the destruction of their own nations for at least 50 years. Not everybody involved in, in politics understands it or is right in on the act of it, but they're all complicit in allowing it to happen. And But there are those who are, there's a nucleus in every country, who are responsible for pushing it. They know what they're doing. Because we really truly have world, I call them world conquerors, world masters. We really do have them. And you'll see some of them appear once in a while too and then duck back down again. And I might touch on some tonight, for, for that matter. But before I do, I'd like to mention too, remember, thousands and thousands of folk use my website all the time. You're cutting through medics.com. Remember the other sites I have too, and you should go in to the, to the com site, take a list of the other ones in case the com ever goes down. 
And remember, you can buy the books and discs at CuttingThroughMovies.com. And there's thousands of talks I've given over many years up there for you to listen to as well. And remember, you can, you can throw a few bones my way as well for, for doing so. And you can use PayPal and how to do it is on CuttingThroughTheMatrix.com website, how to do that. And as a donation, or you can buy the books and discs, or you can also send cash or send checks. It's up to you. From outside uh, Canada, you can also send international postal money orders, which you get at your post office, and uh, they get cashed here. So remember, if you're going to use postal orders from post offices, you've got to get international ones, or they won't accept them here. And remember, too, at CuttingThroughTheMatrix.com website, my sites are the only sites where I sell my books. There's a lot of phonies out there who have taken my books and, and had them reprinted. And they're selling them up, and, uh, up, up there in uh, the usual sort of uh, outlets that you're, you're familiar with. But they're not, they're not from me. And I've had so many dirty tricks over the years since I started because I wasn't authorized to be out here that you would not believe the stories, and I won't even bother going into them. I'm just so used to doing it and getting, battling through it. So remember, get the books and discs from CuttingThroughTheMatrix.com website. That's my website. And uh, don't take anybody else's word for it. Go into the website yourself, and you can see. And don't buy them from any other outlets out there, because nobody else is authorized to, to sell them, never mind reprint them. But these are the, these are the times in which we live, eh? Deception, greed, and... Uh, you, you understand there's, there are many people out there who are all fighting for different causes. Generally, it's for a cause because, it, because the, the biggest cause they have is a chip on their own shoulders. These are the ones who are recruited into the avant-garde revolutionary movements, many different factions of them and subsects of them. Nothing changes. Look at all the different socialist organizations that existed up until the Bolshevik Revolution in Russia. So many, it's like the Protestant sects of religion that constantly splinter off and splinter off into other groups and so on. And it's the same thing with, with the, the, the so-called revolutionary groups as well. They have such mild, sometimes hair-splitting differences uh, that uh, you, you shake your head at them. But they do have them because they're fanatical. And fanatical people are obsessional. Their obsession is a form of religion in itself. It really is. And because they have big, big chips in their shoulders, they never think of the big picture. They don't care about the big picture or the damage it causes society. Or it never even occurs to them, how dare they take over the reins of anything and taxation over other people without their permission or consent or anything. No, you're looking at totalitarianism out here today, including the ones that you think you elect, which you don't elect them either. They're put in place for you to, to, to vote for A, B, C, or D. The establishment's already there. Think about it. The establishment's there. And how can any nation really think in this day and age, especially European nations, after all they've been through? And I've given some talks about Britain, for instance, and France as well, and Germany too. All these countries that had wars and, and great depressions in between and all the rest of it, and massive debts to pay off, especially Britain. That they never recovered even from really from World War I. Uh, but you think about it all, and the people that, that suffered through it, the generations and generations have suffered through it, even malnutrition because of it all. And yet there was a big, big scheme in place before World War I to cause world wars and get the countries to their knees with debt and with loss of life, uh, etc., in the hope they'd give up all sovereignty and they, they would do what they were told and be amalgamated which became the European Union. And Lord Alfred Milner talked about this system. And Cecil Rhodes. And of course they formed their, their, their Royal Institute for International Affairs to do it, a private organization. Also in the US and elsewhere as a Council in Foreign Relations. And then they formed for the European Parliament, for the whole of the Parliament. One for them too, the European Council in Foreign Relations dedicated to bringing in global government, not just for Europe. 
and the Institute for Pacific Relations that was another branch for the two to bring in Australia and New Zealand and China and Japan. Long ago. And we are all drifting through it all, generation by generation, and most folk don't even know that this was all planned, including what's happening this very day. No one really knows about it. I've mentioned it before, if you follow parties right or left, you'll get enough clues if you really can study enough. It's no fun studying all this nonsense too. But you'll get enough clues to find that the right wing and the left wing all obey the same master. There's no doubt about it whatsoever. And you'll find the same money men at the very top of all parties. All parties. You can't run without them. You won't get the cash. If you say anything against them, they won't get mentioned in any newspaper across the planet. That's power, all right. An agenda is literally tyrannical. No matter what the fallout, and the fallout is also planned as the destruction of the peoples and of the European countries. There's no doubt whatsoever there's enough people out there boasting about doing it openly and why they think it must be done. How dare they? How dare they? And, and you've got to understand, why go through the farce of voting for, for, for the people they put in front of you who are already sworn to literally eliminate your nation? And don't fall for this right-wing, left-wing nonsense. It's utter rubbish. Completely obsolete. Long ago. Long, long ago. You can't get change, remember, in a dialectic without at least two opposing parties, opposing opinions. You can't get the change. We generally, we can adapt very quickly and easily to a, a, a rather smooth system. This one system. You can't get the change going. We don't like moving much. We get used to things. It's like an old pair of shoes. And it's comfortable. Therefore, those who want change will always instigate the, 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 an opposition to whatever it happens to be to get the debate moving. It happens every day, all the time, incredibly well organized. And that's what's so staggering for most folk. They can't comprehend it. You understand you're given the simplest, simplest thought and idea of how the system is. The simplest, really a fictional idea of what it is. Oh, it's the right wing. Those who have against the, the left wing, that's how it used to be, the working party. Well, most of the workers are gone now. In fact, most of their jobs are gone, thanks to the same bunch giving you free trade and moving everything over to China. But it still goes along as, as though it's the same thing. Well, it's right wing versus left wing. And, and they still call themselves Labour Party, even though most of them in the darn thing that run for the Labour Party have never lifted a tool in their life. Never mind get a callus on their skin for handling tools. What a farce. What an absolute farce. But it goes on, doesn't it? And occasionally they'll call it, oh, it's, it's getting rather obvious to the people. Let's call it, let's call it liberal. <laughs> uh, quite amazing, eh? And the sellout psychopaths that are handpicked to go in for you to vote for all across your countries are all in on the same act. They know, they have an idea what the basic agenda is. But they also know, and they've learned through their little short apprenticeship, not to ask questions from those above them. And that's how it really works. That's how it really works. They all start off with doing a little voluntary charitable work, just, just to get a resume going, going to this committee, that committee, whatever it happens to be. Generally, generally NGO committees that are really fronts for selection. That's what they are. And they get grants from government, grants from this and grants from everything, everywhere else. They do very little in the way of real charity at all. He said they have big feasts and, uh, for themselves and get-togethers, etc. But there's always someone at the end of the table, the older guy, who's uh, well-known in the lodges round about him, who's there to select the newcomers and see who will be promising as a candidate in the future. And he'll test them and groom them and take them out in the golf course and quiz them and so on, just to make sure. And that's how you get into, into politics, folks. That's how it's done. 
they don't, they're psychopaths. They don't give a darn about charities. Not, not in the least. They don't give a darn about any of you either that vote for them. And that's obvious from the way that they, what they do with your country once you get them in. They don't care about you. But we're now at a stage where they're getting really antsy from the fallout from people who are getting, they're beyond fed up with watching their societies and their civilizations go down the sewer. They are. And, as I say, forget the left wing and the right wing. And even remember, too, I mention people and some stories that they'll do, their class is left wing. But it's only if it's a decent article, which is revealing something about something else. That doesn't mean I, I support them. Because they're all playing the game. That's what they do, they play the game. Remember, all information is designed to get you to think in one direction only, and to even to use you if possible. The youth are always aimed at because they're more apt to see things in, in a very black and white range of vision. They don't see the nuances of things. They don't see the cons that go on. They, they, they respond much more easily to the, to the buttons which are pushed, very emotive buttons. They get very angry. Oh, that's wrong. That's terrible. And they're easily and quickly used. They always have been. That's standard. They knew that in ancient times too. And therefore, I've always mentioned to people, whatever you do, try and think for yourself. Here's the problem. Most folk are too lazy. They go and seek out different versions of the same topic. Only then can you can decide yourself to come to some kind of conclusion. And the conclusion might be that you'll do nothing about this particular thing because you really cannot find out enough about it. At least you're not getting used. And that's how it should be. But it's just too easy to say, blah, 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 and away you go. You're used. They did that, mind you, too, some years ago. I think it was BBC Photographs, it was. Definitely in Britain, the British newspapers. But, and somebody in one of the British newspapers noticed it, that they were, they were showing you these massive demonstrations, supposedly, uh, I think in Syria and, and, and so on, and maybe Iraq as well, before they, they, they bombed in the Stone Age. Uh, protesting, and so that's they're protesting their leaders. They want us to help them, and they'd actually taken these from from big festivals in India. These, these pictures, because because way way in the background you can see the Indian flag. You can't believe anything you're shown today. Isn't that sad? Huh? Isn't it really sad? Certain things you can believe. Other ones are definitely rigged. But uh, it's just astonishing. What was getting really pushed out there today, including Ukraine? They showed you some setup of, of journalists and how they set up a fake death of a guy there, publicised it for weeks, and then it, the guy wasn't dead at all. He wasn't even injured. It was a setup, supposedly to, to try and find out a potential hitman that was on his way to to really do the job. I, I didn't even bother going into the ridiculous story. But they had the pictures there, and everybody believed this guy had been assassinated, and so on. Seeing is believing. Wag the dog. It's on TV. must be true. Too simple, isn't it? What gets me too, just glancing at newspapers and the comments that go out there after the article, it's almost like a test to see who's fallen emotively, in an emotional way, for this or that, whichever they want. And sure enough, it'll always work. There's always lots of folk fall right into it. Fall right into it. Constantly. And whether they like it or not, they're getting monitored themselves and for their personality profiles with all these things too. Which goes into the bigger data banks. And then they came out their statistics. Oh, you know, 70% fell for this and believe it. And, you know, 30% didn't, etc. Or 20% more will fall for it with a bit more tweaking. This is how, how incredibly precise things are today. But as I say, most folk don't go into it at all. They want to be told what they think. Albert Pike said the same thing. Don't forget that too. <laughs> He's saying it's true. The person who, who won't use their own brain, the one they're born with and they're given, and there's more to what I'm saying than, than a simple little statement, but it's just the ones who won't use their own brain are there for meat on the table and beasts of burden by choice and consent. Most people are being trained 
and maybe a lot of them won't want to do it anyway, they'll wait to be told what to do. Unfortunately, lots of them want to be told what to think. And without being told, they're indecisive. They'll stand there in this limbo mode, waiting to be told. You understand, why do you need to be told what to to do, or what to even think, or what to feel about something? Maybe the first thing, if you're using your head, is why are you being told this in the first place with the intention to feel anything? Who wants you to feel something? Who wants to use you? Think about it. But you don't. You've been trained from, your, from childhood. It's like school. Repeat after me, etc. Today they have, they have these incredible classes, now. I had them for a long, long time, actually, of groupthink, where they all sit in a group and, and the, the, the teacher looks at their little toolkit, psychological brainwashing, how we brainwash children, and get them to conform and become part of the group. And they even have little tactics where you can't leave the group until you, you agree with the group's decision on any, whoever it happens to be. Now, most children are people-pleasers. All children, actually, are really people, unless they're psychopathic, people-pleasers. They, they sense what adults are happy about, what they want them to do, and they'll do it. And they get a little gold star from the teacher. But now, of course, you get the occasional one that says, ah, I don't want to believe that, or I don't want to do that. And, and if you don't go along, you see, that they try to make you... They, they, it's like shunning you. These, these techniques are used in the classroom, deliberately, by the mind-benders, you know? So you get shunned until you conform, and, and you, want to, you want to belong. All children want to belong to their peer group. And there's nothing worse than being shown up by the class, and, oh, my God, oh, no, you're in shame and all. So they try to get to conform and to agree with whoever the teacher wanted to agree with. And it's done in such a way, like psychotherapy, that you'll come to the conclusion without realizing the teacher wanted you to arrive at that particular conclusion. They make it, they make it seem that the individuals in the classroom all do it by themselves. It's very clever. You should read some of these toolkits the teachers get. It's fascinating. Nothing to do with education. It's pure programming and social engineering. Rather sad, isn't it? But that's just what we're in today. And of course, we know that the big organization that even has its own videos out there about how great it is, such as the Council on Foreign Relations in the States, which is the American branch of the Royal Institute for International Affairs, private organizations, Chatham House, rules, etc. And you find that they're rather blunt about the fact that they are, what they see themselves as the kind of working establishment. There's different levels. There's the owner establishment, those who own the planet. There's the monetary guys there. And, and nothing, nothing works in this system without money. They've designed it that way. They wouldn't allow anything else. Therefore, governments must go cap in hand every year to borrow money from these big bankers or lenders, you might call it that. And they, they, they borrow by the billions. These aren't little, little uh, street bankers here or money lenders. These are the big, big boys. And it's all a scam anyway, because let's be honest, who, who really has the free sale cash in anything? And the so-called central banks are con- just to add zeros onto the end of their, of what they claim they've got, as is, is the money becomes more and more worthless every year. You need more and more of them to buy the same amount of things. But getting back to what I'm talking about, the, the, this, this system is incredible. Private organizations have run us for an awful long time. There never was any such thing as a democracy. There really wasn't. And by the way, a democracy can't stand. It cannot stand. Because you'll always have other people, even at the grassroots level, who, who want that power and who want to take over. And they'll call them, the communists were told to, to call themselves liberal or labor or anything else. It didn't make any difference. Just choose a party. Take it over get elected, then you can do what you want. That's what Pierre Trudeau did in Canada. And they boasted about it after he got in. He actually said that when he retired. So it can't really work. as as Whoever you think it is at the time of election, it can't work. Because you would need something that would be like a republic. You'd need something that is in writing. This is what we are. It can't be reinterpreted. It can't be changed. 
and that's the only way you can eat and be on your guard all the time for, for someone coming in, regardless of what they call themselves, the party, the same old names, it doesn't matter. And you see the changes happening. When you see that happening, you write back to square one, you kick them out, uh, or put them up for treason. Because after all, you all are supposedly, commonly, the country. You're, you are the country. So therefore, democracy has never ever, had never a chance of working. And that's also why, by the way, uh, those who gave you democracy give you a pretense. Every politician, including Prime Minister, knows there's a power above them. They all know that. It's the public is not supposed to know that. Let's be honest too. What kind of nation can possibly create organizations like the G20 and all these other organizations without asking the people? And then committees then get formed to deal with all your nations that you don't vote for because of these G20s and etc. Or the World Trade Organization, the Star Chamber. And then the Royal Institute for International Affairs creates the IMF, the World Bank, the League of Nations, the United Nations. And then they say that every country is underneath their authority. Well, how many of you out there ever voted for these organizations? Nobody did. Or your parents or your grandparents. So how can you even pretend you live in a system that is yours? But it keeps reinventing itself. Really amazing, isn't it? And then when, it, when it's time for a big, big change, you can see they're getting ready for clashes with different groups in society as they work up the, the fervor amongst them. And a lot of it is deserved too. Of course it is. If you look at the UK, for instance, the working class was tossed out the window by even the Labour Party long ago. Long ago. And then massive migration. And then, then the free trade took all their jobs off to China. <laughs> and you got all these people who literally saw their country being demolished. And they're still watching it today. And you even have those outside Britain talking about it. The fact that they've, they've, be, they've helped to be behind all of this massive movement of migration. Which means they wanted the wars, remember. But they couldn't get them all to migrate without the wars. And you must always say, who benefits, who benefits, who benefits? And it's not the people who are receiving them all and watching their own cultures go down the tubes. Till literally, uh, it's not just London now, but you've got travel agencies in other countries warning folk not to go to, 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 to England, for instance. And it's spreading across them. There was a guy in the paper the other day there in London who was a bicyclist. And you can see a car pulling out as his bike is cycling along. Then he knocked off his bike, but you see him having to stop his bike when his car pulls out in front of him. And he throws his bike on the ground, runs towards the car, pulls out this big long knife about, I don't know, a blade about 16 inches long, and starts hammering like crazy against the car. <laughs> Really? I mean, really, I, I, whoa, when your mind is relaxed and you're not expecting something, you see something like, whoa, <laughs> what nation is this? And this is becoming so, so calm. And yet it's dangerous even to talk about it in Britain, from the authorities and from all, all the NGO groups and so on. You, you're, when, you're, when you can't say what is anymore, you're really in trouble. You are really in trouble. It's no different than living under an occupied force a regime no different whatsoever that's when it's becoming ruthless and you've got to understand and you got to say well what is this running the country forget these old titles like conservative or labor or liberal forget all that nonsense you have a system there and you better start analyzing what it is because it isn't just there it's everywhere else now across the world pretty well because we're going in and they actually boast about being in world government they're even talking about being, becoming ruthless to force the people to become world government and go into it quietly, including the European Union and how they're, going to, they're not going to allow you to break away from it, very openly. And then you have guys like Soros right out there talking about it too. Who voted Soros into anything? Nobody. Therefore, who are the people that he 
colludes with and his secret societies and his European Council on Foreign Relations and a whole bunch of organizations which they all control. This is one organization with a thousand faces, folks, if you haven't figured that out. And they give you a pretense of democracy. Well, they've, they've always lived through their big agenda and you're still doing it today. Mind you, the founding fathers in the U.S. gave them a republic, a democratic republic. They can vote, in other words, democratic. But a republic to keep them in check, to try and save a system from being overthrown. And that didn't last very long either. But they also had, eventually, a group behind the scenes, generation after generation, to make sure that they kept in control of it, not for the people's sake. Everything becomes corrupted too. But I really do believe myself that the, the Royal Institute for International Affairs was a, a front organization uh, with many great titles to them that they gave themselves and so on about uh, helping those across the world by forcing empire on them and uh, expanding a world-type government. Council on Foreign Relations is their American branch, as I say. They the Institute for Pacific Relations and other groups as well. Now let's look at Mr. George Soros, for instance. He's one of many, but he's definitely a big player up there. So here, here's Soros talking, for instance, at the, the ECFR. Now, you have to understand, this is the guy who founded the, the European Council on Foreign Relations to make sure that all the, the politicians from across Europe that were, running the, that they were apparently attending the EU and the big commission at the top are members of it to make sure it all goes along on the same agenda. It does not, it's not there to serve the public. It never was. But he says here, it's good to be here, right? I mean, who gave, him the, who gave this guy authority? He hasn't been elected to anything by anybody. But that's what really runs the world, guys like him. And there, there's definitely a whole bunch of organizations all tiered underneath, underneath each other according to their importance or their, or their speciality in ruling the planet. Anyway, he says the European Union is, is an is in an existential crisis. No wonder. Everything that could go wrong had, has gone wrong, he says. First, I'll briefly explain how it happened. This is from a guy who helped sink nations like Britain by getting a couple of his buddies and, and uh, manipulating the currency to bankrupt it so they could make a, a fortune for themselves. At an arch-criminal. Hmm? And it says, first, I'll briefly explain how it happened. Then I'll explore what can be done to reverse the trend. Why is this guy telling all these representatives of nations at the European Union what to do at an organization that he created? Where, where's his name on any ballot? It's not there. That tells you the, the real strata of power, doesn't it? He says, in my youth, a small band of visionaries, this is all scripted, of course, by Jean Monnet, transformed the European coal and steel community into the European common market. It was always intended to, to create a, a world government, in other words, starting with a European government. <laughs> and uh, he's well aware of the whole darn thing. It was a lie from the beginning. I've already r- r- discussed the recent exposés of other documents that have come out recently to show you that the people were to be kept in, in deception and asleep. To the, to the true purpose of it. Anyway, he says, I personally regarded the European Union as the embodiment of the idea of the open society. This was a voluntary association of equal states. Well, what's, what's an equal state? What is a state anyway? Define it. Hmm. They banded together and sacrificed part of their sovereignty for the common good. Who's common good? Who decides what the common good is? Do you understand what I'm saying here? It's not the general population who decide anything at all. So the idea of Europe as an open society continues to inspire me. But since the financial crisis of 2008, the European Union seems to have lost its way. This is from a guy who helped bankrupt Britain, as I say, forcing the British government to, to borrow millions of pounds to try to bail itself out. It said there was nothing personal involved, it was just business. That's what he said. Anyway, I can always see him, it's like Blofeld or somebody, uh, with a cat on his lap at the meeting of the arch criminals. That's that's how I see these characters. Anyway, he's adopted a program of fiscal retrenchment which led to the European crisis. This transformed the Eurozone into a relationship between the creditors and debtors, 
where the creditors set the conditions that the debtors had to meet. Well, he'd know all about that. The debtors couldn't meet those conditions, and that created a relationship that's neither voluntary nor equal. As a result, many young people today regard the European Union as an enemy that has deprived them of jobs, whether free trade and all the rest of it too, and a secure and promising future. Populist politicians exploited their resentments and formed anti-European parties and movements. That's his take on it, you see. But it says, then came the refugee crisis of 2015. At first, most people sympathized with the plight of refugees fleeing from political repression or civil war. They were fleeing from the wars that guys uh, uh, who also belong organizations, maybe him too, who knows, were forcing across the world, because it's straight across the Middle East and into Asia. That was the excuse for it, at least. That was the excuse. <laughs> but they didn't want their everyday lives disrupted by a breakdown of social services. Well, they'd also like to walk out the streets in safety as well, maybe. Eh? It says they're also disappointed by the failure of the authorities to cope with the crisis. Well, how could they cope with the crisis? There's YouTubes up there with armies of them flooding out, including main Africa as well. Countries that were not involved in to do with the various wars. Armies, literally armies, miles and miles on the roads. How could any country cope with that? You're dealing with people who know exactly what they're doing here. And Soros certainly knows what he's doing. And what went on there, what, what, what really was behind it. Is when that happened in Germany, the, the AFD was empowered and it has grown into the largest opposition party. Italy suffered from a similar experience recently. And the political repercussions have been more disastrous than anti-European parties almost took over the government. Italy's now facing elections in the midst of political chaos because it was bankrupted too. Indeed, the whole of Europe has been disrupted by the refugee crisis. Well, this, is, this was all cause and effect and they knew what they were doing long before they even gave you 9-11 that if they started a war across there, what it would lead to. This is all, this is all planned, folks. All of it. And some of them out there actually on YouTube boast about it, taking down Europe. Unscrupulous leaders have exploited that even in countries have accepted hardly any refugees in Hungary. In Hungary, Viktor Orban based his re-election campaign on falsely accusing me of planning to flood Europe, Hungary, included with Muslim refugees. He's now posing as a defender of his version. And this guy wants that every country in Europe, and, and sorry, you can see his bitterness and anger over this, that some countries are not uh, allowing his plan just to take full effect here. Anyway, he goes through this rubbish and then offers how he's... This is the guy who helps destroy nations, <laughs> literally, and, and manage uh, your politicians. Uh, and you better ask your politician, how come you're even joining this organization here? Uh, this is not for the public's good. Uh, people don't even understand what's going on. They really don't. It says it's always advocated that the allocation of refugees within Europe should be entirely voluntary. <laughs> Come on, you need a whole military just to keep them all out. Look, look, look at the years of watching them flood through the tunnels, like the tunnel from Europe and into, into Britain, for instance. Member states should not. Remember, I mean, the boats came in at night and dropped them all off. Member states should not be forced to accept refugees they don't want. Refugees should not be forced to settle in countries where they don't want to go. The whole thing is such bogus nonsense because, let's be honest here, what, what's a refugee? Is that, it's another name for someone who's trying to skip the, 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 the legal system of getting in. That's all. They don't get any bored with, with going through papers and meetings and, and coming back a year later and so on for another. Everybody else does. That's the legal way. So refugees in this day and age are people who really just want to, to get into your country fast. And, and most of them are, are just, uh, I, I don't even call them really, I don't even call them economic refugees. They just want more money and decent money. I can't blame for that, but the fact is, look at them, they come from all over Africa. To nations that can't afford to keep them. Financially. When you're bankrupt, you're bankrupt, folks. So if they keep bringing people in, in countries which are technically bankrupt, up to their way past it, they're, they're drowned in debt, then it's very intentional 
that they keep bringing them in intentionally to destroy what's left of the nation state. That's obvious. And that's part of the strategy. So he goes on there telling you how, what you should do. I mean, as I say, who, who voted this guy in? Nobody. Nobody. So here's his whole thing. He, he wants to, 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 to bring out a new kind of Marshall Plan to throw billions of your tax money at Africa. They've been doing this for Africa for well over about 200 years, putting money in there. This was my guy you couldn't trust with your own savings, for God's sake. And, and he bit against the, 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 the British Bank of England in 1992, which devalued the currency in Britain because of the massive money they'd have to borrow to, to try to bail themselves out. And he boasts about how he did it. And he's given big bucks in the so-called charity to decide the fate of Britain. It's called Best for Britain Organization. Half a million pounds just for that alone. How can you have democracies when these multi-billionaires can just set up NGOs and run your country from a different angle outside any vote? Think about it. Every country is the same mess here run by these big, big uh, philanthropic organizations. <laughs> so he wants to for you all to put your cash into Africa. Just pay them to stay there. What? What? <laughs> so Marshall Plan for Africa. I'll put this articles up for your member too. I don't guess at things. I put things up for you too. To see, and you can do your own investigation afterwards too. I don't advocate you really follow anybody, but at least I try and get facts uh, as best as I can before coming to conclusions or my own conclusions. Come to your own conclusion for yourselves, and then you you find too, as I say, you've got all these different. <laughs> Uh, organizations deciding what's to happen across the rest of the Middle East. I haven't finished yet with Syria and uh, Iran, etc., etc., etc. There's an article here too. It says European businesses are worried that their ties with the U.S. could be damaged if they continue doing Iranian deals. And it goes on about uh, the EU exports to Iran in 2017 totaled 10.8 billion. Euro, which is 9.5 billion pounds, uh, and imports from Iran to the to the bloc were worth 10 billion euro. The value of imports was only doubled uh, in 2016. Now there are fears that billions of dollars worth of trade and thousands of jobs could be jeopardised as well because the U.S. is imposing sanctions. You see. And now we're talking about even bailing out companies that deal with Iran because we're losing money now if they can't deal with them. So the taxpayer ends up funding everything in these, these times, don't they? From startup companies for big corporations, for like driverless cars or, or electric ones, uh, to, to this kind of thing too. Just by the, by the whims of, of the true government. I don't mean just the US government, I mean the true government runs it all. And we all know this. Of course we all know it. It's in your face today. But I'll put that up there too to show you how everything, every little decision is affecting the whole planet here. And it's always fallout from it all too. And then you have this one here too about um, ex-International Monetary Fund head when they made the, the, temporarily their Italy's interim PM, that's the second time they did that. There's a degrees as well at one point. This technocratic uh, arrangements, the technocrats in the bank just put their own guy in. Democracy? Forget it. This rubbish of democracy. <laughs> Quite amazing. And then I'll put up two World Government Summit. I always put this one up when it comes up. And it's held in, in, in Dubai. It brings together leaders in government for a global dialogue about governmental process and policies with a focus on the issues of futurism, technology and innovation, as with their other topics. And, but, but they actually call themselves World Government Summit. They see themselves as an elite, a, a kind of super TED Talk thing, you know. 
been very, very wealthy and had the kind of world they plan to bring in, etc., etc. They say all on the same lines as Soros, because remember, to these so-called philanthropists, don't forget, too, that's exactly what Weishaupt said, they would use uh, philanthropists, they would create them, make them incredibly rich, and then have them, with their philanthropic uh, money and donations and funding, run, uh, run a kind of parallel government, you might call it. Well, that hasn't stopped. <laughs> And here's another one too, another part of it at the World Government Summit. And uh, the CFR said the same thing, Royal Chief of International Affairs said that it was time, and the Council of Foreign Relations on, on magazine said it, that it's time for, to bring in the philanthropists and, and the wealthy, the very, very super rich, like the Bill Gates and that, and make them part of governing the world. Well, isn't that changing the whole concept of democracy? Hmm? And then you get, again, Soros calls for a multi-track Europe. He's experienced an existential crisis, etc., etc. And he talks about Europe and the whole continent needing to reinvent itself. I've got to laugh at these guys. As I say, they, they can tell you that up is down and, and, and left is right and so on. And where you can see the logical cure for anything, they'll turn it on its head, these characters. Just, just like the same thing with um, Zuckerberg. I mean, here's, here's Soros, a guy who literally has sunk nations and who's running, it seems to me, as far as I'm concerned, for me personally, is, is it for, since he set up the European Council on Foreign Relations, which is just another branch, big branch of the global government idea, well, think about it. Think about it all. I mean, he's about reinventing itself. They bring on the problems and then they tell you you have to reinvent itself. Hmm? It's like, it's like telling you, if, if, you, if you're allergic to, to, to poison ivy, go and roll in it. I mean, th- these are the kind of characters, that, this is the, the kind of specialist, the, the mind-screw job that they do for you. It's, they're, they're always doing this kind of thing. It's astonishing to me. I'll put this one up too, and he, he probably was on about this for a while too. And then you get, it uh, wants to get rid of the nation states, and so on, and... and it says a government billboard is seen in Budapest, Hungary, and it's, it reads, Soros wants to transplant millions from Africa and the Middle East. And no doubt that the, all these, this funding is talking about, well, it's actually to, to help bring them in. It won't be to, to, to help them build up their own countries in Africa. This is how they work, you understand. This, this is exactly how they work. <laughs> For instance, I mean, I was looking at, as I said, how, how they really screw with your mind. And what, what Soros tells you, you Soros, the last person you should listen to be anything, he's telling you what to do and how you think and what you, you know, and how, how Europe must save itself. The guy who, who has destroyed the nations and reshaped them all is telling you what you must do. Huh? And you find in, in this article too, Facebook admits it's bad for your health. So, what is its suggestion? These characters all have something in common. It's bad for your health using Facebook. So, to respond to a spate of comments made by former executives and investors about the dangers of Facebook, the company published a blog post reflecting on its role in society on Friday. In November, the former executive, uh, uh, Shamath uh, uh, Pali Patia, I guess called, points to the company's short-term dopamine-driven <laughs> feedback loops, which are destroying how society works. Doing a talk at Stanford University, he said he felt tremendous guilt about his role in the company. Because they know what they're doing, turning on the dopamines, turning off, etc., etc. Literally, and they can do it, getting anxiety going, anxiety going. With you, is, is anybody going to tweet me? Whatever, blah, blah. You know, I was checking it, checking it. And if, you, if they're getting uh, uh, people tweeting them and they have to keep answering their, their phone and looking and checking it and so on, they get anxious. And if they're not getting it, they get anxious too. And it's deliberately made to exploit vulnerabilities in human psychology. They admit to this, they say that themselves. Anyway, it says Facebook was built to exploit psychological vulnerability. I'll put links up too for you to read. But here's what their answer to you is, how they're going to, what they should do with it. It's getting you absolutely neurotic, managing your phone, you see, and checking your phone all the time and checking your Facebook, blah, blah, blah. 
So the answer, just like Asora said, answer would be this what? Use it more often. That's going to cure you. Up is down, left is right, bum bum. That's how they do it to you, huh? And folk never catch on. They don't catch on, do they? I don't think they can catch on, to be honest with you. Quite amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's interesting to me, too. I mean, I was reading recently again old stuff, really old stuff, about what's happening with those who are changing society, very cleverly, too. In such a way that most folk don't even notice it's changing. It can be incremental, slow, 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 or they get an occasional crisis to speed up a bit in a certain direction, in a certain part of it, that is. But you have to go into the anti-federalist writings for the U.S. Because not everybody was for a federation. You're seeing the same arguments today emerge, too. Such as uh, far-right enemies that they talk, uh, they're considered today are considered now domestic terrorists. This is how it's going. This is how this is how the push is going. You see, if you're far, what is far right? What what in earth is far right? I mean, far left supposedly is for everything to happen according to the political correct agenda, including the complete abolition of nations, complete, and run in a communistic sort of fashion by the super-rich. But then you get the far right, supposedly, that want their nations. Just, just, just having it, being proud of your nation, and, 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 and now your class is completely right-wing for, for just being proud of your nation, wanting want to even have a nation. It's quite amazing, eh? And, but they're now using psychology to, to basically poison um, what you are, what you stand for, and so on. Words and so on are getting used just to shut you up and, and you'd be called all kinds of things If you just say this is right and this is wrong According to yourself, this is your point of view And they'll, they'll say you're, you're, you're actually, you've got you're, you're, you're ill You're actually ill, you see And that your toxic beliefs It's interesting to watch all But it's the same kind of arguments you saw When people didn't want to go into a federation Because they knew what could happen in, in a federated system it would take away more individuality and, and the right to, to decide for yourself what you want, for your own life. And uh, centralized power has always been what the, the, the far left want <laughs> to get the, the global system. Karl Marx talked about to centralization of government. He thanked Lincoln for, for keeping it together, keeping the U.S. together. Quite easy. But... Uh, Standing up against it now, you'd be called, called all kinds of names, nasty names, which are really just weaponized. They've, they've, they've trained you and trained you to be, to, to be abhor particular names. They'll be thrown at you, then it's used against you. It's got nothing to do with argument or your arguments or your points of view. It's meant to shut you up. These are all techniques. And it's coming from the top, the real top that runs the system. Obviously, since the government will back it up. But, as I say, you, you find that if you read the, the, the Federalist Papers, it's, it's quite amazing to see the same kind of things were happening back then. Proposed constitutions, and of course G, uh, George Mason, for instance, and Patrick Henry were skeptical. They didn't want uh, the proposed constitution the way it was, and they wanted a Bill of Rights as well. That's why you have a Bill of Rights, because people stood up against it. They knew that the abuse of judicial power what, what, what it would happen, what it would do. And you see it today, of course, where, where court, high courts are deciding what's right and what's wrong, especially in the U.S., regardless of the Constitution or Bill of Rights. But uh, folk don't even know what's been happening. really don't. Today, you've got a world basically controlled by the United Nations. And... Uh, yeah. A good article read too is called a preliminary survey of one form of a stable military environment. That's the title of it, and it's by uh, Professor Lincoln P. Bloomfield uh, from MIT, and it was done in 1962 for a world government, a whole world run by and ruled by United Nations. 
and even go into uh, Khrushchev of, of the Soviet Union at the time too. And it says, uh, he announced to the United Nations General Assembly his plan for general and complete disarmament within four years. That's for the whole, the whole, all the country, all the secondary countries. The American response was given by Secretary of State uh, Herter on February the 18th, 1960, in a speech to the National Press Club. Mr. Herter said that the first goal of the UN, of the United States, sorry, in the forthcoming disarmament negotiations was the creation of a stable military environment. To create such an environment, he urged certain arms control actions such as measures to guard against surprise attack and to curtail the spread of nuclear weapons. And it goes on and on. The counter-proposals, etc. But no, they've been pushing for world government for an awful long time. And I've mentioned it before too, you'll find that Mr. B. Pearson and the people who, who he had with him, who worked with Alger Hiss, they set up the whole draft, the, constitu- or the Constitution basically for the United Nations. And uh, Alger Hiss was, of course, was a communist spy. And I remember, too, that, that uh, Escott Reed, who attended it uh, from Ontario with Pearson at the time, uh, they uh, set up the United Nations and their charter. And he, and he said, make no, no mistake, our goal is world government. How do you think they're going to get world government just by waiting, waiting you out and waiting until you just give up or forget what kind of system you're in? And why not do it the faster way? Create crisis after crisis after crisis after crisis. Change the system of the country that you have from within and without at the same time. Financially collapse it here and there until they'll say, "Well, we're going to change it. We can't go on like this." Create the problem and. Hand out the solutions. Old story. And that's how it's been done, of course. But anyway, the point I'm talking about, too, is to show you how, how the technology, too, is used as a big cudgel. You'll be allowed to use it if you do what they tell you to do and say what they tell you to say. But don't say anything different or against it. Like Twitter is banning women who speak out against the trans ideology, feminists claim, it says here. That's from the mail, Daily Mail, online. So, yeah, and then you get a minority report, China Railway Police use facial recognition glasses, just like they saw in, 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 the, in the movie, to fight crime. And sure enough, your face will pop up under little glasses there. And you'll see all, all your data comes up on the glasses. They can see it all. And don't think it's, it's just for China. <laughs> of course it's not. Of course it's not. And Big Brother's watching. New Facebook facial recognition spots you even if you're not tagged. It says it's us from last year. Quite something, isn't it? Eh? Another article too is Tesla is burning $6,500 every minute. It's probably going to need to raise a lot more money, that is. Because it's completely supported by our tax cash, pretty well, isn't it? Because there must be, there must be that we all drive these cars very shortly uh, and get us off the roads eventually because you won't be able to get new batteries for them eventually since it's half the cost of the car will be, or even more of that, it's just to replace the batteries. It's all worked out that way, agenda for the 21st century. Step by step, isn't it? So anyway, as I've said before, think for yourselves. Investigate everything. Try not to get emotionally involved because, believe you me, someone will use you if you do. And there's lots of groups out there know how to do it. The techniques with this is psychologists, neuroscientists, and behaviorists working on grabbing your brain and using your energy for their organizations, for their benefit, without you even understanding that is phenomenal. I've always said that those who take part in revolutions never get what they want. Only those at the top who use them all know exactly what it was all for. Old story. From myself, Alan Watt, from Ontario, Canada.